You're listening to the Eastside Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. This sermon was recently preached at our church. We want to encourage you to visit our website at eastsidesf.com. Now, enjoy today's sermon. We're going to open to Proverbs 13, verse number 12. If you could stand, I won't make you stand near as long as Pastor made you stand this morning. Amen. We're just going to read one verse, which is very unusual for me, but just one verse this evening, and then you can be seated after we pray. The Bible said, Proverbs 13, verse number 12, Hope deferred maketh the heart sick, but when the desire cometh, it is a tree of life. Let me read that one more time. Hope deferred maketh the heart sick, but when the desire cometh, it is a tree of life. So let's go to the Lord in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, I pray now that you would work and move tonight. Lord, you, you know the heart of every individual here. Lord, you know uh, the victories that folks are having. You know the defeats that some are having. You know, uh, Lord, the, the encouragement that some are bringing, and you know the discouragement that some are living in. And Lord, uh, you know hearts. I don't. I'm just preaching what you've given us to preach this evening. I pray, Lord, that the Spirit of God would take the Word of God as you always do and minister to the hearer the grace that's necessary to them this evening. Lord, may we leave here encouraged in the Lord, I pray. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. I think maybe six years ago, maybe, I think, I didn't write it down. I think I preached a message along these lines here. So if you were here six years ago and heard it, and I can't remember what I preached last Sunday, but if you can remember, you know, from six years ago, praise the Lord, uh, and, and you're getting a repeat, all right? Uh, almost a repeat, a little different, but almost, all right? But, but I want to I start by asking a question. How many of you have ever had a dream? And I'm not talking about laying in your bed at night dreaming. We all have, I hope we all have those, amen. But how many of you have ever had a dream, like a hope, a desire, something that you really wanted to come to pass. Would you raise your hand? I, I, I thought so, most of us. How many of you still have dreams of things that you really hope come to pass? Desires, dreams, hopes on the inside. That's what I thought. And I'd raise both hands, all right? Uh, several years ago, and I'm not into secular music at all, but, but somewhere I can't remember, somewhere it was a big news thing where some lady, I think she was from Great Britain, she sang a song uh, on some a, a talent show about I, I have a dream or Something and I thought when that thing became news, man, you've had a dream. I've had I've had like thousands of dreams. Amen. I mean, I can't sing like she did, so I won't try to do that for you tonight. But uh, uh, but Martin Luther King Jr. got up and gave that famous speech. I have a dream. And again, I say, man, I've got I've got thousands of dreams. Dreams run through my mind. I'm serious. Like like the springs and the rivers run in South Dakota in the springtime here. They just, man, they just fill up and they start to overflow. That's how my mind works. That's how I'm geared. And I think some of you are probably like that as well. And so many Christians, though, wonder if their hopes and their dreams, things that we think about, things that drive us, things that cause our heart to beat a little faster, that cause our clock to tick, you know, these kind of things. Sometimes we wonder when they don't happen maybe in the way we thought they should happen or when we thought they should happen or just how we thought they should happen. Many times we began to get just a little bit discouraged wondering what's going on. And sometimes people even begin asking questions like, well, I wonder if my dream is really a scriptural dream. I mean, I wonder if it's really a biblical dream. I wonder if it's, if, I mean, am I wasting time dreaming about this, praying about this, hoping for this? Is this something I'm, I'm wasting my time praying? Maybe I shouldn't pray about this anymore. 
These kind of things go through our minds. If you're like me, many times these kind of thoughts in the past have went through my mind. And we wonder if God really wants us to have that dream or that hope. And if we should continue to pray and, and, and about this specific hope or this specific dream. And so let me start tonight by, by having you turn to Romans chapter 15 and verse number 13 in your Bible. Romans 15 verse number 13. And this verse, as you're turning there, this verse describes God as the God of hope. Amen. Man, I like that. He's the God of hope. And, and, and really, what, what that means is he's the God of expectations. He's the God of dreams. He's the God of anticipation. He's the God of vision. And, and according to the same verse, that same verse says that he, the God of hope, wants you and I as his children to abound in hope. God wants us to be dreamers. God wants us to be visionaries. God wants us to have hopes, to have goals, to have dreams, to have expectations. God desires that for us. Romans 15, 13 said, Now the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that ye may abound in hope through the Holy Ghost. Matthew Henry commenting on that verse, he said, The joy and the peace of believers arise chiefly from their hopes. What is laid out upon them in terms of suffering just a little uh, is nothing to be compared with what is laid up for them. Therefore, the more hope they have, the more joy and peace they have. Now listen to this. Matthew Henry said, we do then abound in hope when we hope for great things from God. Amen. Amen. That's, that's how I want to be. That's how, that's how you need to be. That's how all of us ought to be. Amen. Hoping great things for God. Amen. We have a great God. He's given us a great commission. He's given us a great word, amen. And he wants us to, to live out our lives, living out his will, living out his word. And, and there's so much that can be done with people that have hopes and dreams and vision. God wants us to have that kind of hope, and those kind of dreams and that kind of vision. So I'd say definitely it's not wrong. I don't believe it's wrong to have dreams, to have many dreams, visions, um, expectations, these kind of things. I think the question that really needs to be asked is, is what determines our dreams? What determines our expectations? What determines our anticipation, our vision? And so let me just say this real quickly. Uh, as the children of God, our hopes and dreams should never be determined by the values or the philosophies or the ideals of this world. If my dreams and my hopes are built on on this, this little, this, this little you know, paper dreams that this world offers, then it's, it's built on a, on a bad foundation, all right? And, and, and so God warns us to love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. And God told us in the book of James, whosoever therefore will be a friend of the world is the enemy of God. And so our hopes and dreams should be good and lawful desires that are based upon and build upon the promises of God's word. And if the hopes and dreams that you have are, are not in contradiction to the word of God, they're lawful, amen. They're okay to have, amen, as long as they're not in contradiction to the word of God. Now, now Psalm 119, verse number 49, the Bible said, Remember the word unto thy servant upon which thou hast caused me to hope. So you see, it's the word of God for the believer, for the child of God, our dreams and our visions, our expectations should be based upon this word, the promises of God that give us 
that kind of hope. And then again, well, we, we know there are direct promises uh, to us in God's word. Uh, and then Romans 15, verse number 4, back in Romans 15, where you were in verse 13 a little while ago. Romans 15, 4 tells us that God has written his word for our learning that we through patience. Now just stop right there. Patience works experience and experience what? Hope. There's that word again. Now the God of hope, he wants you to abound in hope. Patience. We don't always get what we want when we want it. Patience. Work at the experience. And the older you get, the more you realize you don't always get the dream you wanted, when you wanted, how you wanted it, the time frame you wanted it. But, but, but patience works experience. And experience hope. But then watch this. He said that, that it was written for our learning that we through patience and comfort of the scriptures might have, there it is again, hope. God wants us to be a hopeful people. God wants us to be, as I said already, a visionary people, a dreaming kind of people, a people that have desires. Hope deferred maketh the heart sick. But God didn't say, hey, hey, cast out your hope. Get rid of your hope because when your hope's deferred, you're, you're going to get heart sick. You're going to get homesick. You're going to get discouraged on the inside. God never told us to do that. God said, but when the desire cometh, it's a tree of life. Keep hoping. Keep dreaming. Amen. Now, what hope can we give to the woman who wants to have a child? And she says, well, I don't have a promise from the Bible specifically to me that I can have a child. And, and I'll, I'll be the first to tell you, there's no promise from the Bible specifically to any woman that they're going to have a child. But man, we can give them a hope from stories of Sarah and stories of, stories of Hannah and, 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 and stories of Elizabeth that, man, just keep, keep hoping, keep praying, keep dreaming. Amen. Man, these ladies in the Word of God did, and in, in God's good time, God gave them the child that they wanted. Hannah said, for this child I prayed. Don't quit praying. Don't give up hope. For this child I prayed. Hey, what hope can we give to the individual who wants to see their family come to know Christ, and they're still rejecting Christ? Every time you talk to them, every holiday, when they come around, you try to invite them to church, you try to give them the gospel, and they cut you off short, we can give them the hope of Acts 16.31. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, thou shalt be saved. And I love those next three words, and thy house. Amen. I mean, I've, I've prayed that verse for many, many years and said, Lord, there's people in our house, not my immediate family, but siblings that I have that are not saved, that need to get saved. Oh, God, save them. Don't lose hope. Don't quit dreaming. Don't quit praying. Don't give up. Amen. What hope can we give to the man who maybe has ruined himself financially? Uh, we can give him Dave Ramsey for one, amen, <laughs> amen, putting in the plug for Dave Ramsey tonight. But listen, we can give him the principles of Proverbs, amen. I don't care how bad you've ruined your life and messed up your life financially. Hey, there are biblical principles that you can put to work and God will put your financial house back together. You're not the first person that messed up financially, you won't be the last person. And you won't be the first or last that gets it fixed either when you put God's principles in place. What hope can we give to the young man or the young woman who's praying about a mate and there's nobody on the horizon? It's like, man, I want to get married yesteryear. And here I am, 25, 30, 35, 40. I want to get married. What, what, what hope can we give them? I think the story of Isaac and Rebekah. I mean, whatsoever things written for time, written for our learning. Isaac and Rebekah, that, that's many years ago. Here's a 40-year-old young man just looking, just waiting, amen. But in God's good time, God brought the lady that he created for Isaac to Isaac. Amen. What about that? 
What hope can we give to an individual who's facing opposition in their work for God, maybe on the job, in your stand for God, in, in, in our current culture, uh, in your stand for God within the ministry? Man, we can give. Uh, you, you say, man, I'm facing, I'm facing a giant of opposition where I work. You don't know what I'm dealing with, Brother Upman. You don't know what I'm facing. But can I tell you, there's a boy named David that faced a giant named Goliath, and David won. Win-win yeah, hey, wisdom, Amen. And there's some boys named Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego that said, we're not going to bow, and we're not going to bend. And in the end, they didn't burn. Amen. I mean, because they stood for God when nobody else around them stood. That's biblical hope that we can offer. Amen. Amen. To encourage, to keep standing, to keep striving. Amen. But here's what I want to preach on this evening. I want to say thank God for dreams. I want to say thank God for dreamers. But what do we do? Because this is real. This, this is the real-time world. This is real life where people here are tonight. What do we do when our, our dreams, we hear a message like this, and they still don't pan out? And our expectations still don't come to pass in the time frame that we wanted them to. And, or when we thought they would, or how we thought they would. What do we do when our dreams that were good dreams... And they were in accordance with the word of God. They weren't in contradiction. They were in accordance with the Bible. There's nothing wrong with our dreams when, when, when they're not happening the way that we wanted them to happen. They're deferred. That's the biblical word there. They're deferred. God just holds them off. What, what happens then? According to our text, the Bible said it brings discouragement. Hope deferred maketh the heart sick. That's a fact. That's a fact. You may be here and you may, be, you may have never, ever had a deferred dream. But many of us have. Amen. And I don't care how spiritual you are, and I don't care how on top of the mountain you are, I don't care how optimistic you are, amen, hope deferred makes the heart sick, period. It just does, amen. You want it, you want it, you want it, you want it, and it doesn't happen, and it doesn't happen, and it doesn't happen, and it doesn't happen, and your heart gets sicker and sicker and sicker and sicker, all right? How, how should we handle that? How should we handle heart sickness and discouragement and, for some, just outright depression, that unfulfilled dreams can certainly lead us to. What, what should I do when my dreams that one time encouraged me, that one time made my heart skip a beat, that one time made me just go a little more for the Lord? What, what do I do when the dreams that one time encouraged me, when those same dreams now discourage me? That's what I'm preaching on tonight. When your dreams discourage you, what do you do? What do you do when your dreams discourage you? So let's go to the Lord in a word of prayer. And then we'll get right into the message. Lord, I pray that you would again, I know we've prayed once, I want to pray again, Lord, just please minister to hearts, Lord, as only you can. Lord, I don't know, I'm not a, I'm not a psychologist, I, I don't know what people is going through here, I don't pretend to know, but Lord, I do know a little life experience. And I do know, Lord, having, having lived 48 years and having been in this verse at times in my life, Lord, uh, that hope deferred does make the heart sick. When the desire cometh, it is a tree of life. Lord, I pray you'd encourage your church, encourage your people, encourage families, encourage individuals tonight. Through your word I pray again in Jesus' name, amen. What do you do when your dreams lead you to discouragement, when that which encouraged you now discourages you? I want to focus on three men very quickly. It's not normally how I would necessarily preach a message, but it's how I'm going to tonight, all right? And, uh, and, 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 and so I want, I, want to think about, I want to think about Joseph for a little bit because Joseph's dreams led him to a dungeon. And some of you, truth be told, you're in a dungeon right here tonight. And you know you are. Or Abraham. 
Abraham had a dream that came from God himself in Genesis 12 and Genesis 15. I mean, God told him, you're going to have descendants as the sand of the sea and as the stars of the sky for multitude. But he can't have a baby. And then he finally has a baby, and God says, go kill your dream that I gave you. Some of you may feel like I'm in the will of God tonight. I'm living out the dream God gave me, and God is taking my dream from me. My dream to do this, my dream to be that, my dream, this is the ministry I was going to be in. This was how I was going to serve. This is how my family was going to look like. This is what it was going to be. And God said, hey, I want you to take Isaac to the top of a mountain, and I want you to kill him on that mountain. You're like, wait a minute, <laughs> that's the dream. What about, what about David? I mean, David's just a shepherd boy, and all of a sudden here comes God's man and anoints him to be the next king of Israel. And you know where that led him for the next 10 or 15 years? running for his life from the current king who did not want David to be the next king of Israel. What do you do when your dreams take a detour, <laughs> when they get deferred? Let's talk about Joseph. Again, I'm going to try to go very quickly with each one of these, all right? Uh, if, if we could talk to Joseph tonight, if we could bring Joseph to Eastside Baptist Church, if we could have Joseph standing right here, and we were to say, Joseph, I have a dream, <laughs> And I know God gave me this dream. I think he'd look at you and say, I had a dream too. <laughs> man, I got it for breakfast one morning. And I, man, I had a dream the night before and I told my whole family. You can read about it in Genesis 37. He had a dream. And he told the family about his dream. And his brothers didn't like his dream. Not at all. Amen. And can I tell you, can I just say this real quickly? You may have a dream tonight and people in your family may not like your dream. I'm, I'm talking about a biblical dream now, not a non-biblical dream. All right. They, they, they may not like your dream, your, your hope, your desire, your expectation. A, a prophet still is not without honor uh, in his own country with his own people. Amen. I mean, it's, it's just, that's just the way it is. And, and, and so his brethren didn't, didn't like his dream. And, but, but here's the thing I learned about that. It wasn't their dream, it was his. So when people don't like your dream, just understand that's them. This is you. If God's given you a dream, it doesn't matter what people think about your dream. Amen. If God's given you a dream... You keep praying for that, amen. You keep pursuing that. You keep hoping for that, amen. Doesn't matter what others say. So they didn't like him. So if we could bring Joseph tonight. In fact, just turn there real quickly. And I mean I want to go quick because I do not want to take up much time, all right. I feel like I've already taken more than I want to, all right. Genesis chapter 37. Genesis chapter 37. Really quickly here. Uh, we come down to verse number 5. The Bible said in verse 5, and Joseph dreamed a dream. And he told it his brethren, and they hated him yet the more. And the reason it said they hated him yet the more is because they already hated him because his father made the coat of many colors. So they don't like him. So, so he says in verse number 6, hear this dream. And then he tells them the dream. And his brother says in verse, his brethren say in verse 8, Shalt thou indeed reign over us? Shalt thou indeed have dominion over us? And they hated him yet the more for his dreams. And See that? They hated him yet the more for his dreams and for his words. And if you could say, Joseph, Joseph, I have a question for you. Man, I have a dream. This is how I thought my family would look. This is how I thought my church would look. This is how I thought my ministry would look. This is how I thought my marriage would look. This is how I thought my money would look. This is how I thought, hey, Joseph, but it's not coming to pass. Could I get some advice? Read verse number, verse number, verse number nine. The Bible said, and he dreamed another dream. <laughs> I think if Joseph come back tonight, I think he would say, hey, Joseph, what's your advice? I think he'd say something like this, keep on dreaming. 
just keep on dreaming, amen? I mean, the Bible said they hated him because he had a coat of many colors. They hated him more because he had a dream. He told them the dream. They hated him yet the more. And then he went and said, I'm going to have another dream. And he told them the next dream, amen? Can I tell you, if God's given you a dream, if your dream is not against the word of God, amen, keep on dreaming. Just keep dreaming. Keep having that vision. Keep having that hope, amen. If that's something that the Lord's put in your heart, you feel like God's put it there, keep the hope alive, amen. Keep on dreaming, keep on dreaming, keep on dreaming, amen. A lot I'd like to say there, let me just say don't quit dreaming. Don't give up hope. Don't become hopeless. The promises of God are in Jesus Christ. They're still yea and amen according to the word of God. Don't quit dreaming. But then let's move on. I told you I'm trying to move quickly, all right. Let's move on to Abraham. If we could bring Abraham on the platform of Eastside Baptist Church tonight and say, Abraham, here's, here's my dream. I already told Joseph this. I asked him for advice. What's your advice? See, see, here's Abraham. And Abraham in Genesis chapter number 12, he's not a young man. He's getting up in years. And in Genesis 12, God comes and, and, and calls him out of the earth of the Chaldees. And God says, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a nation out of you, your descendants. I already said they're going to be as the sand of the sea, the stars of the sky from multitude. Abraham, I want you to come up to this point. I want you to look north. I want you to look south, east, and west. Every All the lands you can see, your seed's going to inherit the land. Yeah. Abraham, in, in, in thee shall all the nations of the earth be blessed. I mean, that Abraham covenant gives us, I mean, gave Abraham a promise of seed, land, and universal redemption. Amen. Through the, and the problem here is that Abraham doesn't have seed. Yep. And he can't. It's not happening. And so here they are getting older in Genesis 12 and, and Genesis 15 and God's reconfirming the covenant. And, and then finally one day some angels show up to Abraham's house. I, man, I, I, I'm, I'm like the pastor this morning talking about how you read certain words in the Bible. And I can't remember the phrase he read now this morning asking a question. But it was like, yeah, that's how I read the Bible. Amen. It, just, it, just, it comes alive. And I can see these angels there. And they're talking to Abraham about this time next year. Your wife's going to have a baby. And there's Sarah in the tent. And the Bible said she laughed. And she's like, <laughs> shall I have pleasure? <laughs> I'm 90. That man's 99 years old. What the, what, what, what's these guys talking about? And they're like, hey, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. And what do you know? It happened. And here a 90-year-old woman gives birth to an Isaac. And there's Abram, brother Heath, I guarantee you talk about I'm an excited grandpa. I get to see a, a grandbaby on Wednesday. And I can't, I've, I've held every little baby for the last about two months, amen. Say, oh man, one day I'm going to see my grandbaby. One day I'm going to see my grandbaby, amen. I mean, I held a baby here this morning in church. I hope I didn't get sick on the plane because I passed it to the baby, amen. All right? but I'm like, I just, I, mean, I, I can't wait to see my grandbaby. But imagine waiting until you're 99 to have your first child in a culture where like, if you don't have children, you're cursed. And if you have children, you're blessed. And he holds that baby, and, and this is his namesake. And we know that he'd already tried to listen to his wife. <laughs> sorry, sorry, ladies. That's just the truth. Amen. He listened to his wife, and he shouldn't have. My, my grandpa, I'll give you all some, some marriage advice, but you probably won't want to come to me for marriage counsel after this. My grandpa told me one day, he said, James, you always have to discern when your wife's speaking, whether it's the voice of the Lord or the voice of the serpent. Amen. <laughs> I said, wow, Amen. Good advice, Grandpa. Amen. All right. And I'm just having fun now. But Abraham listens to his wife, goes into Hagar, has Ishmael, but God never recognized Ishmael as Abraham's son. Even, even 12 years later, 15 years later, whenever, when he comes and says, Abraham, Genesis 22, take now thy son, thine only son, Isaac. He said, thine only son. Because God didn't recognize Ishmael as a part of that covenant. 
He said, take thine only son Isaac. And the Bible tells us about Abram, and I want you to read this. So I want you, I, I, part of me wants to hurry, but another part says just, I want you to read this quickly. I want you to go to Romans 4.18 because I want you to see the Bible wording here. Because I, I feel like this may be where somebody is here tonight. I could be totally wrong. Uh, that's based on a feeling and uh, you know, feelings that we, we don't follow feelings, that's for sure. But it just the, the human experience and reality says in a crowd like this, somebody's here. Romans 4. Turn to Romans chapter 4, verse number 18. And the Bible's talking here about Abraham. And the Bible says here in verse number 17, as he's talking about Abraham, as it is written, I have made thee a father of many nations before him whom he believed, even God who quickeneth the dead and calleth those things which be not as though they were. Watch verse number 18. He's talking about Abraham now. Watch, watch this next phrase, who against hope, who against hope. Just, we're not, I'm not, I'm not saying change the King James Bible at all, but just for the point of the message, turn in your word that, that or turn in your mind that word hope to dream. Who against dreams believed in dreams. Who against hope, who against expectation believed in expectation. Who against vision believed in vision. Who against hope believed in hope. Who against desire believed in desire that he might become the father of many nations. And you say, well, what does that mean? Well, what that literally means is that against all the usual and apparent grounds of hope, he believed in that which was promised to excite his hope. Now you say, that still didn't help me. Sometimes reading commentaries don't help. I read that and said, that's good. And then I thought, you know, other people are probably not going to get anything out of that right there. So let me try to make it a little clearer. God gave Abraham a dream. Let's say this is the dream. God gave him the dream. That's hope. Then God said, Abraham, take hope. I want you to go against hope. I want you to go take hope and lay hope on an altar. I gave you that dream and said that through him, you're going to have descendants as the sand of the sea. And you've got to believe me, Abraham. But I want you to take that hope, that dream, that vision, that expectation. I want you to go lay it on an altar. I want you to kill it. Kill it. That's what the phrase against hope means. You've already received the dream and God says, I'm taking it back. I've already stepped into this area of ministry and God says, I'm taking it back. I've already, I've already got married and had a wonderful family and God said, I'm taking them back. You say, well, God can't do that. God can do that. And so he says, Abraham, I want you to go to the mountain and I want you to sacrifice him. And the Bible said against hope, he believed in hope. What about that? How, 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 how does a man do that? How does a man take what he, what he longed to have for decades and he finally got at the age of 99 and now the boy's a lad. We don't know exactly how old he is, but he's old enough to carry the wood that he's going to be sacrificed on up a mountain. So he's not a three-year-old and uh, you know, he's probably an older teenager, I'm guessing. How do you take that promise of God that God gave him? Mean, God gave him that promise in Genesis 12 and Genesis. God, there's nobody that can argue that. God gave him that promise. God gave him that hope. How do you take that and go put it on an altar and kill it? Death of a vision. How do you do that? Here's how Abraham did it. Abraham said, against hope, I'm still believing the promises of God. Amen. Against hope, I'm still going to have hope. Against what everything is that I can see and that I can hear physically and spiritually at this time, I'm still going to believe the promise of God. I think if Abraham was on this platform, we could say, Abraham, could you give us some counsel? Could you give us some advice? I think he'd say something like this. I think he'd say, you know, I think you'd be safe, brother, 
or sister or young man or young lady, I think you'd be safe to go ahead. I can tell you based on experience. Just go ahead and give that dream back to God. You can trust God with your dreams. You can trust God with your hopes. He's the God of hope. He's the one that wants you to abound in hope. You can trust him with that dream that he says, give that dream back to me. You can trust him when you get the worst news that you ever, that you can't imagine you could have. You can trust God when he says, give it back to me. I gave it to you. Now give it back to me. You can trust God. You can believe in hope when there is no hope left. When hope stands, when the dream you had stands as your enemy, the thing that caused him to rejoice, the thing that caused him to be so happy as an old man, he has his baby now. And now, I mean, what's going through his mind for three days as he goes to Mount Moriah to go, what's going through his mind? I think he's just saying, I, I believe God. I believe God. I believe God. And some of you, if you're not there, one day you will be because that's a part of life for all of us. You just got to believe God. You just got to trust God. The Lord gives and the Lord takes away. And we can say as Abraham, Job would say later, blessed be the name of the Lord. The Bible said Abraham at the bottom of the mountain told his servants, you stay here while I and the lad go yonder and worship. I mean, I mean, I, 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 Pastor Jed, I hope I can get there one day. I don't know how you worship when you, when, 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 when you lose everything. But that's what he did. He worshiped God. He said, he said, we're going to go up there and worship. In fact, he looked at, he looked at that, that act of obedience to God in giving his dream back to God as an act of worship. Maybe, maybe some of us need to recalibrate our thinking tonight and say, if God's asking me to give something back to him, it's an act of obedience and it's an act of worship to say, yes, Lord. That's hard. But that's what Abraham did. And then, and then, and then Abraham gets up there, and you know what he said up on the top of the mountain. He ends up, God provides the ram just in the nick of time. Amen. You know the story. I'd love to preach on that side of it, but I don't have time to. But, but, but when God told him to kill the dream, he goes up there, he's ready to kill the dream. And then, and, then, and then God says, stop. And he stops. He hears the ram in the thicket. The Bible said that Abraham called the name of that place. It's probably my favorite. If you follow me on Facebook, you'll see I, I use the, that term Jehovah Jireh a lot. Amen. The Lord will provide, amen. Not just, I use it a lot with financial needs that the ministries have there, but that for Abraham, that was so much more than a financial need, amen. Can I tell you, if God takes a dream from you, Jehovah's Jireh. Jehovah will Jireh again, amen. He may take a dream, but he'll give you another. I'm telling you, he will, amen. Because he's the God of hope, and he wants you to abound in hope, amen. Man, you just got to believe. You say, you don't know where I'm at. I don't know where you're at, but I know where Abraham was. I don't know where Joseph was. And against hope, they both believed in hope. Amen. Amen. And that's what you got to do in that moment. Amen. Can I tell you, you can trust your dreams to God. He'll fulfill them. The Bible says in Psalm 37, verse number 4, Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thy heart. Amen. Amen. Now, let's get to my last point. Let's talk about David just for, just for a couple of minutes here. If we could bring David on the platform, we saw Baptist Church tonight and say, David, you've heard our story. You've heard where I'm at. Man, I have a dream. It's been deferred. I've been waiting on this to happen for years. It hasn't happened. David, man, you don't even know how bad my situation is. But David, could I get some counsel? And he'd say, well, you know, Romans 15, you're coming to the right person. Romans 15 said, whatsoever things are written before time are written for our hope. Amen. They're written for us. Amen. That we through patience and comfort of the scriptures might have hope. So I'm glad you've come. And, 
Because again, I want, I want to remind you, because if some of you are like me, and like David, you weren't looking for a dream to start with. You were, you were just going about your business. David's just, he's just a shepherd boy. He's just down there being a shepherd, just doing what he's supposed to do, just doing what he knows to do is right. And there's David, just, I mean, he's serving the Lord. Kids, he's serving the Lord by obeying his parents. And, 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 and all of a sudden, here comes Samuel to his father's house. And God sent me down here to anoint the next king of Israel. And they go through every one of the sons. And, man, God said, not him, not him, not him. And Samuel finally says, Isn't, do you have any other sons? And he said, yeah, I got one out there. He's, he's just a kid. He's just keeping the, the flock out there. It's just David, you know. Said, go get him. And he pours that. That would be weird if somebody walked in here tonight and said, hey, Jace, I've got a bottle of oil. I'm going to pour it over your head, and you're going to be the next pastor of Eastside Baptist Church. Amen. Just pours it over your head. That, that, we, we don't have that kind of a culture, but they understood when that happened that a, that a prophet of God such as Samuel, when he did that, man, this was God. They didn't have the completed word of God like we do. This was God speaking to them. And they knew God just anointed David to be the next king of Israel. Can you imagine when David goes back to the, 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 the sheep the next day? He's, can you imagine what's going through his mind? He's like, man, what in the world? I'm going to be the next king. I'm going to be the next king. I'm going to be the next king. I mean, uh, he didn't have that dream. I mean, if he'd had Google, he'd have been, he'd have been like, you know, what do kings do? <laughs> what are the responsibilities? I'm just a shepherd boy. What do kings do, okay? Uh, this was not his dream, but God made it his dream. So what do you do, David? Because you read just a little further down, a couple chapters later, and there's David. There, there, there's the king trying to stab him to death with a javelin. There's, there's David having to run for years around the country. Talk about hope deferred. I was just happy being a shepherd boy, playing my harp, killing a bear and a lion. I don't need this, but God gave me this dream. You're going to be the next king. And can I tell you, you better, you, now I'm going to tell you, I, I know we can, we can laugh about this a little bit, but I want you to listen to the advice I believe David would give because he gave it in, 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 in the word of God. If we could say, David, what would your advice be? See, David, he had several opportunities to make his dream come to pass on his time, in his way. I mean, the king of Israel, Saul's chasing him around, and the king comes into a cave where David's hiding in his mighty men. If you read about what these mighty men did, I mean, these, these I'm sorry, they make Chuck Norris look like a Sunday school picnic, all right? These were real men, all right? And they said, David, God, sounds spiritual now, God has delivered your enemy into your hand. Just, just, just let us have one minute. I could almost see Heath and Wade Chambers right here, amen. <laughs> just give us a minute, Pastor Jet, just, just one minute. We'll go down there, we'll fix Saul. Yeah, you'll never have to worry about him again. You will be the king right now. David said, sorry, touch not. Mine anointing is what the Bible says. I think if David was to talk to you tonight and, and give you advice, or give me advice, I think he would say this, wait on the Lord yeah. and be of good courage and he shall comfort thy heart. Yeah. Wait, I say, on the Lord. Yes. And you say, that's hard. It's hard to keep dreaming. It's hard to give my dream back to God. It's hard to wait on the Lord. But David waited and he waited and he waited, and he waited, 
And in the process of time, guess who is the next king of Israel? David. Just like God said. You can trust God with your dreams. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, I pray now that you take tonight's message. Work it in hearts, Lord. I pray that you would encourage those who, who may be here tonight and have a dream and it's not coming to pass as they'd like it to. Maybe some have had dreams for years. It's not coming to pass on their timetable, Lord God. Lord, I pray you'd help not to, not to try to make things happen, not to jump out and get ahead of God. Lord, I pray they just, Lord, all of us, Lord, would learn to wait on the Lord. Just, just be of good courage. I pray all of us, Lord, would just say we're, we're, we're just going to give our dream back to God. And in his time, if he wants to fulfill it, he can. And, and, and we're just going to keep on dreaming while we wait. God, I pray you'd encourage our hearts tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. We want to encourage you to visit our website at eastsidesf.com.